Welcome to the Gain Momentum Podcast, focusing on timeless lessons from global industry leaders about how to grow and scale a business in hospitality, travel, food service, and technology. I'm Jason Manis with my co-host, Adam Mogolinski. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Our guest today is Jess Hayes, sales executive with Plusgrade. How are you, Jess? I'm great. Thanks for having me. So our format for the podcast is we're focusing on timeless lessons, and we've boiled it down to four questions to frame the podcast and make it very, very short and sweet. So we're going to get right in with the first question, and that is, when it comes to scaling a business, Jess, what is the single piece of advice you would give entrepreneurs from your perspective as a professional in hospitality? I think align sales and marketing very quickly. Don't invest too much in sales and not enough in marketing would be my number one advice. That's uh, I've seen it where there's too much of a focus from the sales perspective. And I think the way people buy has really changed. Good answer. <laughs> just trying to butter up Jason here. Yeah, the marketing guy in the room. Yeah, just well, straight think, up. Yeah. I think we've experienced it a lot, right? And that's the key. People's buying behaviors have changed. They don't want to be interrupted. So you've got to get out in front, right? Before the Jess Hayes and her crew call you up or shoot you a LinkedIn message, you know, the market's got to have some kind of idea of what this product is, what this company is. And I think, you know, getting to know the customer as fast as possible, falling in love with your customer, talking to them all the time, and then being able to rinse and repeat and tell those stories, right? And so telling those stories is not singularly from a marketing perspective or a sales perspective. It's from both. And so you know, when you're selling into hotels, because they're getting inundated by so many vendors and messages, being super clear and focused on how you can help and, and telling that story. Well, in my mind, you know, this is something that I've grappled with every day, which is almost this tech blur. The That's what I call it, the cacophony of digital noise that's in marketers. And it's like people are tuning out. It's, it's a constant game of... Um, of evolution and adaptation. And I'm wondering what's working for you right now in Q1 2023 to break through that noise? Removing friction from the implementation process and the sales process. So, you know, I sell software. That's what I've been doing, you know, for 25 years, whether it's selling, training, implementing, account managing. So I've seen all pieces of it. And I think, you know, if you are going to add to the workload of a hotelier, you know, introducing a piece of technology that's going to drastically change their day, not improve their day. You know, I always talk about using technology for good, not evil. So making sure that that there's a process in place to make it really easy to implement, train, automate where you can, use technology where you can. But then at the end of the day, make them money. You know, that's what it's about. And then, so what's working is getting very focused on the message and making sure it resonates with them and helps their, you know, helps them sleep at night. Well, one more follow-up. Aren't a lot of these um, things that improve their day instead of just add more workload, aren't they a lot of short-term pain, long-term gain? I think, of course, for sure. But I think, especially now with the labor shortage and the, the fact that everybody is so sort of overwhelmed, 
it's hard to see the forest through the trees, right? So, and you need to be able to tell the long-term story, but the short-term story is what I think, what I've really been focusing on. Mm. It's, it's, Jess and I have talked about this in the past, recent past. It's, it's a priority challenge. Like you said, Adam, there's a whole bunch of noise and then there's a whole bunch of priorities that have been set months in advance and you as a salesperson or a marketer, you know, anyone coming in with a new idea, it's got to develop. It's, it's, you, you better be using the right language or it's going to, you know, they'll just tune out. But not only that, it's, it's being consistent. Um, I think it really helps when you have leaders in an organization out in front that somebody like Jess can come in behind a week later or whatever, you know, hey, did you see our CEO on podcast XYZ? And I've, I've seen Jess do this in the past, just addressing the problem. Like if you're not addressing the problem, no one really cares. <laughs> so then it's how do you find that problem? Everyone has a different problem. I think the problem, we all know if you're bought into a technology company, for example, but finding the person who cares most about the problem. Right. Mm. Because in a given hotel, you know, you've got so many stakeholders. And so who's who who's the person who's going to look like a hero by implementing your solution, you know, and and who cares the most. Right. So that's kind of what makes our jobs fun. Yeah, I've I've used the term finding the internal champion. Yeah, but I really like your you phrasing it as a question saying Who's going to be the hero? Who's going to look like the hero? I really like that. That comes from literally my first job in hospitality where I worked for Newmarket, which is Amadeus now. And I flew out every Sunday, came back every Friday and trained hotels how to use their sales and catering software. And they went, I mean, this is going to make me seem kind of old, but they went from a, a paper function diary to an automated you know, system where they were checking space and, and giving rates for groups. But what Newmarket did at the time was so genius. They created a role for the person who cared most about the software. And it was hmm. for the labor called the key operator, right? So, you know, the key operator then became the champion internally for all questions related to this, to the program. So that's, you know, I learned it ages ago and I still try to find, you know, the person who gets really jazzed about automating the things that are pain points for them. Wow. I, I like a key operator. Find that hero. Okay, so on to the second question. Jess, what are some of the common pitfalls or failures you have witnessed that business owners should look to avoid when scaling their business? How, how long do you have? <laughs> no, I've really learned what not to do. And, and um, you know, I think leadership is what I look for most now in any relationship. Work-wise, um, I have this big issue with fear-based leadership. And where that can translate to this question is, you know, I've seen a lot of CEOs focus too much on the competition, for example. So they're constantly in fear mode about, you know, what their competition is doing. And that can be really distracting. I mean, you want to be aware, you want to know, but to go down the road of trying to chase competition or out feature them, you know, adding features just because they're doing it. I think, again, going back to the customer, just stay in touch with your customer, you know, love your customer, talk to your customer. They'll tell you what needs to be enhanced and what doesn't. But 
also <laughs> be very realistic about the sales cycle in in hospitality because because there are so many stakeholders because it is often hard to find the person who cares the most and because there's turnover right mm-hmm. so just really have a lot of empathy for hotels and um yeah i mean i could go on but those are the main points it's as jeff bezos says is just being customer obsessed yeah the follow up question i have is you you mentioned the the t word turnover and what can business owners do to avoid t- or limit turnover? It's hard to create loyalty, right? Um, corporate yeah. dynamics have changed quite a bit. We, we People don't have the 401k. They don't have the pensions. They don't have the benefits as much as they used to. So in absence of that, or in addition to it, to augment benefits and things like that, I think creating loyalty, creating a culture, again, opposite of fear-based, where you want to go to work every day, you, what you care about what you do. And that comes from higher leaders. You know, you're a leader, but higher leaders. Don't hire people who, you know, are just in it for the paycheck. I, I think if you're building a team in a hotel, treat them like family. You know, people mm-hmm. spend more time at work than they do with their own families. And so you need to be really respectful of that and know, you know, Different people are motivated by different things. Know, know what your employees are motivated by. Some are motivated by numbers. Some are motivated by, you know, team building activities. And, and Yeah, I, uh, the, the one thing that's just racking my brain right now is hotels are in a different situation than other sectors because at the same time, we want to oblige the new push for remote work or flexible hours. And yet- operations dictates that you be on site for a set time. Yeah. So how does a hotel thread that needle? Well, so I think in hospitality, you're, you're, you're in front of the guest because you want to be in front of the guest. So you have to find the people who really don't want to be behind a computer all the time and who really get energy from interacting with other people. There's a lot of people out there that if they're rewarded by you know, guest interactions and and creating experiences for guests that are above and beyond, and then feeling like they have the internal support to implement new ideas, new programming at hotels. You can really create something really special if you care about the guest experience and if you love interacting with people. You know, do, do you need balance so that you can then do some of your work remotely, hybrid work? Absolutely. And, and this goes back to automation. There's so much more that we can automate now in a hotel that we couldn't before. So really leverage that, leverage the technology and then use the people for what people do best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot more attempts at flexibility and automation to keep the number of employees in a hotel at any given day down because they're already struggling to fill jobs, but equipping those that you do have, giving them what they need. In, with automation and with, with the flexibility that you, I mean, there's ways to do it. You're going to have happy employees. You're going to have a better guest experience. It always comes back to the team. All right. Third question. Jess, yeah. what do you see as the key opportunities and challenges for hotel companies in 2023 and beyond? I mean, we've been talking about it. I think it, it really it's, employee retention, employee Mm -hmm. engagement, creating new cultures of work where, you know, hospitality 
has been a little behind traditionally in adopting technology. And I think the gift of what we've all been through with the pandemic is now, you know, there's an urgency that wasn't there before. And we need to leverage that and take advantage of that as collective industry, right? And just invest in your people, invest in good leadership, and invest in technology. Otherwise, the challenges, they're going to get worse because the way people want to work is very different than, than it used to be. And the juice has to be worth the squeeze or they'll go elsewhere. So, you know. Something that you said, create a new culture. And I'm always thinking that everything is constantly shifting or transitioning. So what, would, what advice would you give to transition a culture that maybe is resistant to the automation forces and everything that's happening so quickly so that way they can be better at transitioning to this new economy, whatever it is? You know, I think hiring a diverse workforce will help with that. So you want people who have diverse skill sets, diverse, whether it's age, you know, you want people who are very experienced, but then you want people right out of college who are hungry and, and want to learn on the fly. So getting different perspectives, people who love technology, who want to dig into data, right? Hire those people who want to spend time analyzing the data so that they can help with your forecasting and things like that. And then again, find the people who want to be in front of the guest. So just embracing people where they are, which is varying levels of experience and backgrounds and yeah, and equi equipping them, I think, is also kind of where your your brain's going. Is yeah, thank you. Yeah, millennials would rather do things on their phone. They they would rather text than call. Yeah, and it goes back to some of the automation and the technology that I mean, you may have heavy technology in your hotel, which is kind of antiquated and clunky. You know, the way people want to work, you know, is they want a flexibility. They you can hold them accountable, but they don't want you standing over them. You know, but if you're, if you're, let's just, whatever it is, let's just say your app in a hotel has a means to hold people accountable for the tasks at hand, the guest request, you know, whatever it may be. It's just, again, I think, you know, you said it when we first started, it's just the way people want to work has really, really changed even, you know, for the, the older crowd like us or me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I heard a speaker talking about, you know, hiring and he was saying, like when you get a resume from somebody, a millennial or younger, text them, right? Don't start emailing them back and forth. By the time you email them back and forth, they've found another job, right? So know who you're hiring and how they want to interact. Um, it all starts with the hiring process. You mentioned millennials, and yeah. I'm thinking, you say fresh out of college. Now we're talking about Gen Z and yeah. soon Gen Alpha, which are... Uh, I guess people born only a few years ago. So how are we, can, can we adapt to the newer generations, even younger than millennials? I think they're going to be more mission driven than previous generations. And this is just completely based on, you know, anecdotal, no, nothing factual, but mm -hmm. I think they are going to want to make an impact. They've seen a lot of upheaval. You know, the, the good news about all the change that we've been through is innovation. Like, this is what mm. gets me jazzed, is when things are broken, when systems are broken, workplaces are broken, you know, that's when the innovation happens. And so 
I have a ton of like optimism around what this new generation is going to be able to do. Having learned from us, like we've had to learn everything the hard way. You know, I don't want to sound like the the person who like walked barefoot to school in the snow <laughs> so that other people didn't have to. But, you know, I think it's true. Well, just to color that a little bit more, you say mission and uh, what missions would you say are most attractive to Gen Z and beyond? Well, I mean, if you're talking about hospitality and travel, you know, there's a lot of buzzwords around the experience. But, you know, when people are not in front of their devices, which they are so much, when they're not, then their experiences have to rival what's in front of their devices. So I think they have to really be motivated to make changes, to put themselves out in the world, to to make an impact. I don't know if that answers the question. Well, I think you're already seeing some of the younger generation at work mm-hmm. require a connect connecting of the dots. With me here, what does this mean to, what does this mean to the whole operation? Like, you know, am I just pushing a broom or help me connect the dots? And I think that's where, there's a lot of leadership training at mid-level and higher management managers. There's a lot of need there because I mean, it's a, t- you know, we've all been managers and it's, that's tough. Managing people is tough. Start with why, as they say, mm-hmm. that, that famous book. And yeah, it's, it's, it's so important nowadays. You really have to instill that mission. So the fourth question, Jess, what are the key things innovative leaders and entrepreneurs should prioritize and focus on to gain traction for their business? I think this sort of goes back to the first question where you get to know your customer in a radical way, really just get to know them and then tell their stories over and over again through sales and marketing. I mean, gaining traction, that's how it's done, you know? Being able to to say, well, you know, the hotel down the street has implemented this ancillary revenue program and they've seen, you know, $10,000 a month with with upgrades, for example. So being able to tell the story succinctly over and over again and build build your fan base. Yeah, totally agree. Everything is wrapped. All the magic is in those first customers Mm-hmm. And your ability to see just a little bit beyond, but lean on those folks because they give you the language. They tell you what problem they solved. Like you went, you might go in there as a salesperson and say, you know, we're, we're, this is what this is. And it, and they may use it a little differently. Well, you yeah. need to know that because that may be like, wow, we didn't think about that. And, and we've talked to six other hotels down the street that have that problem hey, can we change our language up a little bit as a salesperson, as a marketing person and take that message a little further and then just reiterate, reiterate, keep looking. Go back to the customer, go back to the customer. <laughs> and if you're, if you're an early to market innovator, if you're a bleeding edge technology, if you're introducing something new, be very honest with them about what that's going to look like because I've seen companies, back to your second question, go to market too early before the software was ready for the group that they're being sold to. And then the initial customer experiences are not good ones. And that, that will kill a company pretty fast if, if, mm. if 
they go to market at the wrong time. So it's it's a tricky thing, but it it's very important. Right, you only get one shot. Yeah, you get you get one yeah. shot, and you so if the experience is not great, right, then be the type of company that's going to circle back and go, okay, we get it, we understand, and do something right away. You're raising something very important here, which is uh, customer feedback. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that customer feedback, the the juice of it, can't really be boiled down to a quantifiable survey. So we're talking about one-on-one conversations, salespeople, marketers, speaking to the customer, saying, how are we doing? How can we improve? But then as you gain traction, how do you maintain that one-to-one relationship but do it at scale. Customer management. Yeah. Scalier, scalier customer success team, you know. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, this is going to probably sound funny, but don't overly invest in sales. (laughs) It's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, Check your your email. You may be out of a job. But customer success is, is part of sales. They need to resell the program all the time to the customer. Yeah. And, well, we've, and we've experienced and also, it recently. Yeah. You know, the, the people who buy the software are not necessarily the people using it. So it's crucial that you're talking to the end users. That's a really good point because you develop a relationship as a salesperson with this mm-hmm. executive and then the users down the hall. And then, in, and if you've got a, a strong customer service person that's checking in routinely, that gets emails with questions and answers them, then the whole relationship stays stays together. They're, it's not falling down. Like we we've seen when there wasn't that customer service person, like even in the startup, if it's just if it's a young, competent, eager person who who wants to be there for. 10 customers, whatever it is, you know, and they're attentive. And then they relay to you as a salesperson, hey, just heads up, this is what's going on. Because I've seen you in action personally stay on top of accounts and your communications with the account and then your internal communications with, hey, what's going on? You know, this is what I heard. What's going on? Are we doing anything about it? And these, you have rocky moments, you always have rocky moments. Not everything is going to go smooth, right? And yeah. I've, I've been a part of companies where they were really attentive. And, and I've been a part of those companies that have been sold and bought by bigger companies and the bigger companies aren't as attentive. Mm. And it's like, Ugh. Wow, uh, Jess, this has been fantastic. There's been a lot of great lessons here, both for right now in 2023, but also lessons that will apply for 2033. So I can't thank you enough for coming on. Thanks for listening to the Gain Momentum Podcast. To stay up to date, make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Gain Advisors, head to gainadvisors.com.